and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This episode, we're talking about Back on Top, the new record from an uncool band with an uncool name, The Front Bottoms, and this is the lead single off that album, Laugh Till I Cry. It's like the morning in the barn. interesting that you call out the uncoolness and i think it's good to kind of take care of that up front i mean the name of this band is incredibly sophomoric and this particular song does have plenty of goofy touches there's a he mentions a motorcycle and vroom vroom there's this motorcycle sound wait how does it go vroom vroom woot woot honk honk and these lyrics we heard about the dj throwing up and it's, it's all very silly. And we saw them when they were serving as the house band for a live Chris Gethard show in Austin. And I think like Chris Gethard and maybe like the state of New Jersey on the whole, I think this band just kind of embraces the uncoolness of what they're doing. And they're so uncool and just go for it that it kind of wraps around to being cool again. And, you know, they don't they don't care what other people think. I agree that it's that lack of cynicism and any sort of calculated artifice to their style that is what's so charming about them. And, you know, they, they really should be annoying, but they're not. I like them a lot. And that live performance of the Chris Gethard show where they were doing the musical interludes was part of South by Southwest. They, they've tried to work in some comedy stuff in the last couple of years. So after we saw that, you had to go back to the hotel because you weren't feeling well. I and- was feeling really terrible. <laughs> And so I stayed out and I went by myself to see them do a set at Valhalla, which is this little dive bar with a small back room. Oh, yeah. That place is a pit. It seems to be made of concrete and spilled beer. Mm-hmm. But but it was just packed at capacity and they just seemed so overjoyed to be playing there. And the crowd was so happy to be watching them. And they did all these sing-alongs and it was just a really warm, positive experience. And there was just like no cynicism to their delivery. And it, it was just all heart. And so that's what carries a song like this. That's about the pretty cliche topic of getting older and recognizing that partying all the time isn't all that fun anymore. But it's the heart and the intent and the delivery that keeps it from being irritating. Yeah, it might be a bit of a cliche, but I think the way they take 
the the lyrical take on this is really charming that you know you're in your car and i'm on your on my motorcycle with that vroom, sound vroom. effect yes the vroom vroom <laughs> and I, I think that's a nice kind of way of calling out the contrast between sort of real adulthood driving a car versus being an irresponsible young person and then the chorus of course is just so catchy and i do like that in one of the choruses there's kind of for a little bit for a few beats just suddenly the instrumentals drop out and there's just this staccato drum and i already said charming once we're just gonna wear it out because it's the right word to describe so many moments on this album when i edit this i'll drop in an actual motorcycle sound effect awesome yes that was me i'm the guy from (laughs) police academy um we'll, we'll cut all this out I also like the way that the electric and the acoustic guitars play off each other. And just generally speaking, that's another big part of why I like this album is that the arrangements are really interesting. And probably the song with the most complicated arrangement on this record is the next one we'll play, which is the second track on the album. And it's called Summer Shandy. When she asks me why they call me Brian instead of Steven, I tell her it's got as much to do with personal as it does professional reasons. I got Maybe based in New Jersey, but this guitar sound on this track especially just screams Southern California power pop, even though, as you also mentioned, the arrangements are kind of complicated. The song structure is often a lot more ambitious than you would expect, given that sound. And, you know, we heard right there the, the start of the bridge and God, the sound of the guitars just takes me back to early Weezer before they made some pretty terrible decisions. <laughs> the last album this year wasn't so bad. Uh, yeah, I, I can't bring myself. Maybe it's wonderful. Maybe I'll give it a try. But, uh, you know, I did look at the band's Facebook page and I was not at all shocked to see that they opened for Weezer to show this summer. So I think Weezer maybe made some good decisions because it sounds like a really good fit. To expand on your point about the song structures being ambitious, we actually had a hard time figuring out what a good clip to play would be because the song changes completely three or four times over the course of it. And it could sound very patched together, but the way they handle the transitions between the different keys and the pacing is really well done. And even when they have like the random horns dropping in to play a handful of notes and then disappearing, it just works together really smoothly. Yeah, I think, you know, this warm sound that I called out is so perfect for this song that's about kind of that endless summer at the beach house and just being carefree and irresponsible. But I really sense this awareness that it's not real, that it's all you know, an illusion that, you know, he sings about, oh, he's pretending to be a person and he's kind of working out in secret while everyone else is sleeping off their hangovers. And, you know, he's using an assumed name and, you know, that the 
the pre-chorus which you think is the chorus until it turns out that the real chorus is something else and that's i've got the bad boy blues like he's not totally cool with this person he's trying to be in it so i just got this total henry v vibe because of course take it back to shakespeare that it's this guy who like i know i'm gonna be great but i'm just gonna party right now and i know that it's temporary and I'm, I just I'm, love that hair. I'm sure everybody knows the story of Henry V, but maybe you can explain it. Henry V knew he had to be king, and he kind of ran away and partied with a bunch of uh, lame dudes in some uh, tavern with Falstaff and the bunch for his youth. And then when it was time to be king, he went and was king and killed a bunch of people, including some of his friends. So really, really nice guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think this is going to end with any deaths, but it's still... <laughs> that there's this sense of melancholy that he this awareness that can't be real that he's you know i think he sings in subjunctive like it would be great to Mm -hmm. have that beach house living and you know i'm glad that the album isn't just warmth and in fact gets into some pretty cold stuff where this next song i think explicitly invokes winter and it's titled cough it out and seem to bend and take the shape of them and oh, can't you see song where it's tough to pick a section to play because there are so many different parts stuffed in here there are a lot of different instruments like this track has synths and the triangle and female backing vocals and i think that's all coming from the fact that this is their first album on a larger label called fueled by ramen which isn't a major label by any stretch of the imagination but it gave them a budget to be a little bit more creative in the studio yeah some artists do thrive with constraints and kind of fall on their face when those are removed for example see or better yet maybe don't see the matrix sequels anyway i'm glad that didn't happen here they exercise real restraint with the bigger toolbox they even do a little tongue-in-cheek nod to what people might be expecting with the bigger budget where the beginning of the first track which we didn't play starts with these very cheesy sort of operatic choir synths and it's like they're aware of the expectation yeah i know whether we said that they didn't care what people think but that doesn't mean that they're not aware of what people think and i think it's fun for them to be kind of playing with those expectations as part of the art and you know i described the band's name as sophomoric and i think in some sense they are but in the best sense in the word where it's you know wise and moronic that they're combining the 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 wise man and the fool the high and the low where there are these ambitious compositions with silly jokes and 
overall, there's just this thematic through line of a conflict between youthful exuberance and foolishness and adult wisdom. And, you know, in this case, we have this thing that kind of sounds like a sweet love song. This young couple is carving their initials in the tree and the tree's magically assuming the shape of the initials. And then the fantasy is completely undercut as he acknowledges that he's delusional with love. I just love that, how the rug gets pulled out. But at least he's trying to get his act together. And the band for sure explores that on the next track, Help. about being your own worst enemy and I, I think it's the best example on this record of the way that the lead singer Brian Sella's vocal pacing the way he speeds up some lines and then draws out others adds a lot to the authenticity of the emotion you know I'm thinking particularly of the line I'm always focusing in on the wrong things and then the wrong things become everything and the meter of those lines is just enough off kilter that it makes it almost seem spontaneous like he's talking to a friend yeah, the, I think his voice is not one that anyone would describe as strong in a classical sense, and I don't think he has a really broad range, but he's really expressive, and it just gives up this immediacy to the music. And I think here, it's nice. There's this, it's kind of an upbeat or upbeat-sounding song, and yet he's able to convey in there a bit of that anguish that there's this relationship that isn't working, and that these two people just are di- in different places, and I think one of those places is maybe pretty toxic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like is that none of that is explicit, though. And, and while the lyrics are pretty straightforward, there's a lot of reading in between the lines that you have to do to really understand what's being communicated in these songs. Yeah, when I when I started listening, I thought, oh, this is cute, cute, sunny power pop. Oh, he's got kind of a twangy voice. Oh, this is fun. And then you just oh, so many interesting moments, these kind of ambitious compositions we mentioned, these instruments all over the place and lyrics that are sophomoric, sometimes totally silly, often pretty clever. And it's just kind of a Trojan horse of the best kind where we were expecting one thing and got something very, very different. And I'm just shocked how many times I've listened to an album which sounds like this, like an album that sounds like this should not bear as much repeat listening as this one certainly has. And I think part of that is maintaining that interest is in the second half, we really do start to shift tone and we get that with this spooky twist that comes out of left field called Historic Cemetery. Ritual inside my room last night was held there in secret, hard to see anything in the candlelight. 
the song is just an odd structure. It starts with the chorus, and then there are these two verses that do sound pretty different. Then after the third chorus, instead of another verse, we get this really discordant bridge, just weird guitar sounds and way slow. Then instead of a fourth chorus, we get a guest rapper, this guy named GDP. Who's also from New Jersey. Also, Well, of course. All the best things are from New Jersey. <laughs> and he finishes the song with this story about moving to the city and having it not work out. I think this song is well-placed in the arc of the album because these are all songs that are basically about trying to figure things out but not being very successful at it. And the first few songs are kind of joyful and a beat about, hey, I'm sort of getting in my own way, but I'm okay with that and I'm just doing the best I can. And and then this song with the minor key and the discordant guitar that you mentioned kind of signals an arrival at a place where it's getting to be frustrating and I'm still trying to figure things out and I'm still getting it wrong. And I think it signals a turn in the emotional process that the album takes us through. Um, that ultimately resolves in the last song, Plastic Flowers, that has this great sing-along chorus that goes, I believe that someone's got a plan for me, even if I don't know it yet. And that's really the mission statement of this album, but this song comes at kind of the inflection point where the protagonist is becoming frustrated at where he is on the path to getting there. Yeah, I think at this point, the album for sure gets darker and I think mostly more serious. And this song is that pivot point. I think, you know, as much as it's kind of, grim i think there's a certain exuberance and, and even cheerfulness to their take on a misspent youth of getting high and hanging out and getting high and messing around and it seems sort of innocent fun and then it ends just in this grim city apartment and he's not even receiving a call from someone he supposedly loves because he's sleeping off the meds that's dark and we just are hitting this wall where the reality is that just hoping for the best is not enough and so we have this next song that i think starts to work on finding a plan and maybe even if that isn't a very good plan and it's called the plan in parentheses fuck jobs never underestimate poor hungry and desperate my body is a temple how much you think i could get for it and i will take cold showers from now on until i learn that once you fuck the fire I could feel myself falling from an aeroplane I hear static when I close my eyes I imagine one day things settling And I think about what that might be like Cause I They deploy the horn so effectively on this whole record, and particularly in this song, and the percussion also has just the right amount of restraint. There are quite a few surprisingly complex rhythms on this record, but then they just drop out when the song needs them to. Yeah, and this is also another song where the intro just sounds nothing like the rest of the song, and I like it. It's kind of about being bratty and immature and talking smack about people, but then apologizing for it at least. And while it's one of the simpler songs on the album, I think structurally, it's still 
it's kind of this great impressionistic take instead of going into too much detail it just focuses on the feelings of trying to get a plan together and doesn't worry too much about the specifics i was talking before about how the album is sequenced in a way that gives it this emotional arc where the last song was kind of the low point and then this one is sort of about starting to pick yourself up and move forward and there's a line that i think gets to the point that says Everybody's got to have a game plan. Cut it up a couple different ways. I just hope no one remembers these, the darkest of my days. But then the rest of the songs are kind of starting on an uphill journey from there. And that kind of le- kind of leads us into the next track called Ginger, which is named after a dog that somebody found and took home. Back before I got struck by lightning and things were so much different than they are now. I got a lot more people in. Inside of my pocket, I am so desperate to tame the beast. I'll shut the door and I'll lock it. I got a dead spider in my pocket. I'm not ashamed to say I was desperate to tame the beast. Desperate to tame the beast. She can tie me up. his inner strength here you know ginger recovered from a tough time and so can he and even if all he has is his body maybe that's enough foundation to start building a future and you know i like it even if i didn't quite get the bit with the spider well i'm not i'm not gonna say i got it but there are obviously several different metaphors going on here and the way that i heard the collecting the dead spiders he's killed is that it's kind of a metaphor for taming his fears and moving forward by sort of addressing and tackling one problem at a time. And it's about realizing that the spiders aren't that scary and you can kill them and then carry them around in your pocket to remind you that you have the ability to kill them if you want to. And aside from the metaphors, I like the way that they swap out that really peppy, wonderful guitar line and swap in horns toward the end and it changes the tone and it makes it feel more triumphant toward the end while keeping the same melody. Yeah, I do want to take a moment to call attention to that guitar work just a bit more that I think generally the guitars on this album are pretty solid, but not very flashy. And then here near the end of the album, I think you start getting this clear tone and this texture that especially we heard in that second chorus, it just pushes the right buttons, at least for me. And so what starts off at a power pop album, suddenly we're seeing these guitars that I wouldn't find out of place on a Lee Save Fave album. And it's just a delightful surprise. And continuing with the theme of all these being part of an emotional arc, we get the line here that goes, This is my body, the only thing that I own entirely, and it'll carry me to greatness somehow. And that's just continuing this turn in the second half of the record towards optimism and looking toward the future. And it allows for kind of a different perspective looking back on the low points, and that's what we get in the penultimate track called West Virginia. I wish I may, I wish I might one day live life like a person in paradise. Right now I'm 
say goodbye to their album by saying goodbye to their past as symbolized by the state of West Virginia. And then this farewell that's fairly mid-tempo is then interrupted by just this frantic exploration of maybe how far they or certainly the lead singer has to go. And, you know, he's this volcano on the brink of destruction and a psycho hell-bent on self-destruction. And yeah, that's pretty dark, but it takes us from Weezer-esque power chords to this melodic guitar work with this just clear ringing tone that I love and yet haven't heard in like 15 years since the Burning Airlines albums that people should seek out. They're awesome. Uh, But it just made me really happy to explore this dark territory with that awesome sound. And I think that's kind of how I feel about this album, that there's just so much sonic variety that, you know, there's this tight band of musicians. They have tremendous confidence to play without flash and the chops to be flashy when it's necessary and really knock it out when the time is right and there's the songwriting as we've discussed it's creative and yet with restraint and what do you call taste yes taste so don't let the dumb and kind of tasteless band name scare you off like the front bottoms have made a terrific album uh, is Burning Airlines Blake Schwarzenbach's band? No, it's Jay Robbins from Jawbox. Oh, right, 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 right. Jawbreaker, Jawbox, you know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll edit all this out. <laughs> so, we'll, so anyway, we'll go out with the last song, which is called Plastic Flowers, which starts out with this kind of weird organ and then evolves into a sing-along that, as I mentioned earlier, encapsulates the emotional resolution of the path that we've taken over these, these last t- 10 tracks, where the speaker comes to the realization that... I believe that someone's got a plan for me, even if I don't know it yet. So we'll go out with that. We've been talking about the new album Back on Top by The Front Bottoms, and this has been For the Record. Thanks for listening. Should I go in? It's been an hour. I'll give a fake name and I hang in the emergency room. They say the good thing about plastic flowers is you could spray them with any type of perfume. What you already know And hope that you never find out about the things you don't know
that's hard to explain And hope that the next couple days to come Are as relaxing as any other day